0: Hi everyone and welcome back. This is now season two of The Therapeutic Rainbow. So I decided to take a little break um, a few months ago after life got a bit hectic and I thought actually I need to listen to my own advice and take some time and some space and a bit of breathing time. So we're now back, it is now the 1st of November and we are back recording and the episodes will go out weekly like they did before every Wednesday. So today I'm very excited to welcome our first guest for season two and that is Alice. And Alice, you want to tell us all about who you are?
1: Hi everyone, I'm Alice Clover from Alice Clover Stories and I write children's books with a difference so... Um, My best-selling self-published book, Girls Love to Fart, is all about girls embracing their bodily functions and not feeling ashamed of themselves. I've also got another self-published book called Princesses Don't Have Stinky Bums, which was actually inspired by my seven-year-old daughter who was being a princess one morning and told me that princesses don't have stinky bums when I called her stinky bum. And um, that's all about uh, encouraging girls to, you know, it's okay to be princessy if they want, but also to understand that they don't just have to be pretty and sparkly and pink. They can have adventures and get muddy and climb mountains and climb trees if they want to. Um, And then my new book, which is another book from the Girls Love To series, Girls Love To Burp. That is going to be available very soon for the uh, ideal for Christmas so that's again all about girls embracing their bodily functions and not feeling ashamed and knowing that it's normal to have these um, functions going on so absolutely yeah um, and I was saying just before that I um,
0: recently gifted the book to my girl so it's just been my girl's sixth birthday And they received both of the books and I've gifted it since to lots of people. And it is just that thing. And the first time they opened it, they were like, but can we start anywhere we want to? I was like, if you need to, then absolutely. But I think it is this belief that even at the age of six, that they have picked up on with society, that they have to be girly or they have to do certain things a certain way. And I just love the message that you're kind of getting people to believe in really so I guess where did the message come from what inspired you to start writing like this
1: well I'm one of four girls and it, when I grew up it was perfectly normal I was never felt made to feel ashamed about my body but um, somehow I did just i think like you say society just growing up you just kind of pick up those messages very early on that you have to behave in a certain way and um for me because i was bullied from the age of 5 all the way through school i think i probably just wanted to kind of try and conform any way that i could so people would like me and It never actually did me any favours because the people I was trying to impress weren't really people that I'd ever be friends with so it didn't, looking back, it was a big thing for me then but it's not something that is an issue because if people don't want to be friends with me then that's fine. It's a bit like if people don't like my books and don't like the message I'm trying to put across, they're not my target audience anyway so I don't really mind if they've got bad opinions about it or Definitely. negative opinions even because it's not a bad opinion it's their opinion but um yeah I just kind of felt like it's a, it's a subject that hasn't been addressed by feminists really um there's so much control about our bodily functions as a general rule and obviously there's a lot of talk about periods and things like that but for small children yeah it's quite a difficult subject to tackle And I kind of thought, like, if we can instill the message that our natural bodily functions are normal and natural and nothing to be ashamed of, then hopefully that will also go on to the other um, functions that happen when you go through puberty. Because if you feel comfortable within your body, you're less likely to feel embarrassed or ashamed when you do start your periods or grow breasts or... so um, I, yeah, I just kind of wanted it to be something that's positive and fun and they can laugh about, but also understand that it's, it's not anything to be ashamed of. And when I did write it, uh, my daughter was at nursery at the time, she was um, three, almost four, and um, she'd been told by somebody I don't know where that girls don't fart so it was written on my iPad and I was trying to read it to her and she would just have a massive tantrum about it because she seriously believed that girls shouldn't behave like that and and I thought well this is definitely something that needs to be addressed because it's it it's really those types of children's books are aimed at boys and they have male protagonists there's that it's very rare to have all female characters in a children's book anyway um but one that embraces them being stinky you know absolutely
0: so yeah and i obviously in the book it's not just again that typical white british woman that you see in the book you've used all kind of races all colors all everything and i think that's really important to have those conversations as well so was there a reason behind that
1: yeah well obviously you know I'm white my illustrator's white both my illustrators are white actually but we all feel very passionate about the fact that we that there needs to be representation because again a lot of children's books are white children and there's not much representation of other cultures and other races and, and, and they don't tend to be diverse. And I wanted it to be as inclusive as possible. So you know, like we've also tried to include disabilities as well, so that um, you know, there might be like a subtle hearing aid or glasses or child in a wheelchair, you know, um, just so that children can point to the pages and say oh look that looks like me and and I feel like they're represented and have a voice rather than just looking at book after book after book that does not represent them in any way absolutely
0: and I think that's a real important message I mean it's a conversation I have with one of my friends quite a lot because there isn't that kind of even in films it's that why does that princess have to have a happy ending why does she have to find her Prince Charming to be happy and actually what messages are we giving so as the listeners know I'm a mum of two strong twin girls and strong-minded but actually that could be crushed quite easily if I let it because society makes them feel that they have to be a certain way and it's about breaking those stereotypes that are out there and that's what your book allows people to do
1: yeah exactly and again my now seven-year-old would she went through a phase of refusing to wear anything other than a pretty dress because otherwise she didn't look pretty and that was not coming from myself or my husband at all and again my sisters and I not like we don't dress up we don't wear makeup we are not following the latest trends at all my mum's never worn makeup it's kind of I've never felt like that I've kind of always been happy with my own style and I mean to be honest it's lucky if I even brush my hair I just feel like I've I've got to like getting up is enough for me being functional and um so having that narrative in in our lives like I was concerned at one point because I thought oh how are we going to break out of this you know she wouldn't wear trainers for example because she thought they weren't pretty enough she had to wear these pumps which are not good for developing feet they're yeah they're quite damaging and um she was just really concerned about what other people would think of her and I mean you know when she was little we used to get on the bus and people would say oh isn't she a doll isn't she beautiful and so that message was just instilled in her from so young from other people you know you'll get people stopping and saying oh she, they're so beautiful aren't they your girls look at them look. and and I just think well yeah okay I'm I'm I, I know they're beautiful but I also don't really like just focusing on that yes. because I've never wanted them to feel like it's their only worth I want them Absolutely. to know that it, it, in inside of them they have this strong sense that they are enough as they are and that they can achieve anything they want to achieve regardless of the fact that they're girls that, that you know that their voices are heard and if and if they feel like they want to do something, or that um, you know, if they're told, "I know you can't do that because you're a girl," or um, you know, I I, I I just want them to feel secure in themselves, I suppose. Yeah, but it, it's scary how kind of gender
0: typical the world is becoming, and how much, as you say, your messages aren't necessarily like I am. Certainly not very girly. But yeah, I have got two very girly girls at times, not all the time, but I'm like, but where is it coming from? Where do they find this kind of need to be like that? Where the pinks and the purples and the sparkly dresses. I can, as you say, I couldn't care less if I brush my hair or not, but to them it's this need to be a certain way and the feel to be beautiful. And actually I strike, just like you said, all day every day to go but actually whether you go out looking like this or you go out looking like that you're still the same person within and try and stop those and I've spoken before on the podcast about those kind of what you feel on the outside compared to what you feel on the inside and I have had to work really hard myself to not put my bodily issues onto the girls and be comfortable with it in front of them so they don't pick up on that I'm not 100 percent comfortable with mine and what that's like.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I've had I've had to as well. I mean, it's like we, we don't own <clears throat> we don't own any scales or anything because I don't want them thinking that that weighing themselves is a thing. Uh, and um I um I've like purposely done that really. Um I also um might feel like um I don't know if like if I've got a spot or something or you know if I'm feeling a bit run down I might feel a bit kind of negative about myself but I don't ever say anything to them I just yeah. think it but then also realize that actually it doesn't really matter it's kind of that again the societal perception of of us as women being sexualized uh, every on every corner and you know like I remember my mum saying once that she feels invisible these days because of her age and um, I just said to her you're not you're completely not invisible she's got nine grandchildren who absolutely adore her and so now, whenever I see her, and we're all together, I just like if she walks into the room, I always say, "Oh, here's the most beautiful woman in the room," and I just really try and make her feel like she's valued, and um, she definitely got a huge part to play in in our lives and in society. She is a wonderful woman and I think like in other cultures older people are really respected and looked up to but because we are so focused on our looks and our appearance we brush aside people who who are above a certain age and don't um acknowledge the wisdom that they've got and the stories they can tell and, and like throughout my whole life, I've always really enjoyed talking to older people and hearing what they've had to say and and learning from that as well, because it, that oral history is so important. And um, I've tried to instill that in, in the girls as well, to really respect older people and, and and want to engage with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of my most
0: important relationships is my girls with my 96 year old grandma now and having that relationship see that happen and kind of get them to, as you say, respect and experience and love spending time with her and her knowing that she's a massive part of their life as well as a massive part of mine. So yeah, absolutely. So what's the future for the Girls Love to Book? Is there going to be lots more? You said there's Girls Love to Burp, that will be on the Christmas
1: list for sure. Yeah, I've written a couple other. uh, Well, I've got I've got a lot that I I've uh, but but, that illustration wise always takes a lot longer because because we are representing so many different types of girls. Each girl has to be drawn from scratch, so there's no continuity throughout. Okay. Um, So it always takes my illustrator a lot longer to think of. I mean her her imagination is incredible and I let her just draw what she wants basically because she brings the books to life but if we were doing a book about specific children throughout we could churn the books out really quick but she's very considered and wants to make sure that each page is as good as it can be and so um I'm hoping for more books to be out next year and I'm also working on another book with my other illustrator about poo so amazing I have a a very uh determined genre that I work towards because I think that it's something that children like I've worked with children for 22 years I know what they like um and I think that because of the phenomenon of girls love to fart it's it's proven to me that it is a needed book and um one of the reasons why i've written about poo is because somebody else who's also an avid fan has um said that there's issues and i know there's issues for children around pooing in places that are not at home yeah so I'm trying to kind of think of a fun book that will um, encourage children in general, regardless of what gender they are, um, to feel more comfortable about using public toilet, school toilets. Um, and, and not being like about barric- the therapy. Yeah. Exactly. Because it, it is a, it, it can cause quite a lot of emotional trauma and, I think, like, I've worked with children with autism, and, and that can be quite a massive issue for them. They'll yeah, hold I mean, a... I
0: even know some adults that won't poo in public places. Yeah. Exactly. It blows my mind. I'm like, if you need to go, you need to go. But
1: that stems from childhood, though. They yeah. might have, they might have. I mean, you know, when we were small, the standard of toilets were not quite no. what they are now. So they might have just had a very bad experience of going to a public toilet that was quite disgusting. And um, and also, you know, toilets are um, very different all over the world. And Absolutely. It, it also always blows my mind that more people have access to a mobile phone than a safe toilet. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of difficult to, for like, children that, that live in a country where we have good, clean toilets, it's very difficult for them to envisage a toilet that may not be safe or may be a hole in the ground or something. You know, um, my girls go to forest school, so they're used to using the compostable toilet. Yeah. And being quite wild and you know we used to, like when we were doing toilet training we used to say let's go for a wild wee yeah and they'd get really excited about going for a wee in the woods and and you know just things like that it, it's um although I sometimes bit, have the
0: opposite when I'm like I mean, you can't just wee here you really are in the middle yeah. of the street I know you're all very comfortable with that but
1: <laughs> yeah You do have to kind of be careful about um, where, I mean, the thing is, it's all right when they're tiny, but as they get older, it's not really appropriate. And also my seven year old now is very conscious of um, her body anyway. So she, um, before she used to love going to the toilet with her friends and follow everyone to the toilet. But now she kind of likes to go to to try and have that private time and shut the door and, developmentally she's much more aware so yeah um, but I think my five-year-old well, she's definitely not quite there yet but she is starting to kind of say um oh I want the door shut but then half the time she'll start going to the toilet with the door open and then she'll just say don't look at me don't look at me and I'll say well it's okay you know I'm not going to look but you have left the door open so yeah. Yeah, I've got one that will want the door shut,
0: doesn't want anyone to look at her going to the toilet. And then the other one who couldn't care less, doors open, (laughs) anyone can walk past as brazen as anything. But again, it's that society way of working and just their own little minds. Like the one that does like the door shut is also every now and again scared of the toilet flushing. And I'm like, but why? And it turned out her friend is scared of the toilet flushing. So therefore she thinks it's cool to be scared of it. I was like, no, no, no. There's nothing to be scared of. for staying with the hand dryer. And it's again, it's kind of thinking about what we can do to help and stories and making things fun are definitely a way of a safe way. that I use therapeutic stories all the time in sessions. It's that safe way of exploring feelings. Yeah. And talking about it, like, as she said in the book, I think one of the girls has only got one, one arm, hasn't she? Um, yes. And it was one of the big conversations we had when we were reading it the first time. And we talked about the celebrity that was on Strictly or Dancing on Ice and how you can do anything. And then it came to this year with the girl that's deaf. And it, it's just having those open conversations now that kind of 10, 15 years ago, you probably wouldn't have done.
1: No, exactly. And there was also a um presenter on um CBBs that um had one arm as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And has written some books herself, children's books herself about disabilities. And I thought it was really good that, that she was representing other disabled people as well and talking about them and and, and not shying away because there were some people who felt like it wasn't appropriate to have that on the, children, the children's show. And I just thought, well, why is it not appropriate? Of course it's appropriate. If children aren't exposed to, the, to different types of people, then that is where um, fear comes in, because they, they need to understand that that everybody is different. Even if somebody looks similar to you, you're different to them yeah and it's
0: all those hidden disabilities isn't it as well it's actually being open with them all now and saying well yeah everybody in the world is different you are your own person and you all go on your own journeys and it's about talking about that and being open to that and I think as parents and kind of professionals in that kind of mental health children's world we've got the kind of yeah the right to produce all of that and see what we can do to help children and influence them in any way we can really yeah exactly
1: yeah and, and there's more and more literature coming out that is representing different types of children so it's been brilliant this I think this last two years even it's been such a shift because did you see the video of a mother and daughter um looking at books on the bookshelf that represented girls
0: oh no I didn't no
1: so they were looking at all of the traditional stories, and they were looking at ones that had girls in. Yeah. Um. And so already half the bookshelf was empty because they yeah. just took them off. And then, then they were looking at ones that had strong representations of girls rather than girls that are looking to be rescued or anything. Yeah. And they literally had a handful of books that were of any way going to make girls feel confident about themselves and you know there's still this big issue about waiting to be rescued and um tolerating um being friends with people who aren't nice or or you know growing up and being in abusive relationships or um lacking confidence to um actually go out and do exactly what it is you want to do and and all of those messages have to be instilled in childhood for us to to grow into adults who feel like we can achieve because otherwise we're kind of just stuck in this same pattern of not feeling good
0: enough for anything yeah strong enough really I mean I'm an avid fan of Disney but sometimes I do look at the films and I think what messages are they giving to the girls or what messages did they give to me as a child and actually I mean I'm very much a I say to my best friend I'm a strong independent woman I can do it myself but sometimes I know that that message isn't always good and has yeah. got me in a lot of trouble but in other ways it's kind of got me to where I want to be today so
1: it's yeah. about installing that it is. And it's also I think it's really important to install the message that, yes, you can be strong and independent, but everybody needs help and support at some point. We can't just go and do things and not have anyone else backing us up. You know, it's a partner, a friend, a family member, somebody in the background. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for my husband, for the for, for the girls, for my family, for my friends for all the networking that I've done and meeting so many incredible people who have who have given me invaluable advice and supported me and believed in me. Um, it's all very well going out and doing something and saying, oh, I believe in myself and I believe in my work. But if you're fighting against other people who who aren't supporting you constantly, it's really easy to feel like you're drowning and not getting anywhere and not achieving absolutely
0: so what's the future for the stories so you've got the stories that are coming in and is the message just to keep spreading the message of positive girls
1: um yeah there's um there's other stories as well in the pipeline um but i kind of wanted to keep going along this path for now um i mean i've got stories in my mind for older children as well that I've I've had in my mind for years and years actually um uh but yeah the girls love to series we would like to have more merchandise for as well so people can have that and we would like to um continue just having positive books about girls I mean People have said to me, are you going to write about boys? And yes, I would like to, but my whole ethos at the moment is about encouraging girls and women to feel better about themselves. absolutely. And as a mother to daughters, I feel like it's a really important job for me, but I do have four nephews. Okay. And I also want them to feel like they're yeah uh, like they've got a voice and they're listened to and so and they also don't have to be strong rescuers if they don't want to exactly yeah you know that there's so many different things that could be um addressed and that I want to address but it's kind of getting those books written and illustrated and then self-published and and out there and uh, it, it's quite a long process that people don't really, um, you know, they shouldn't have to understand it if it's not something they're doing. Yeah. But producing a book takes a long time and it is, if you want it to be of a good quality with an important message, um, it's you can't rush it. so yeah there's 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 endless possibilities for it all very exciting brilliant
0: so as you know we end each podcast with asking you if you had a pot of gold at the end of your rainbow what would it be filled with so what would your pot of gold be filled with
1: uh i would fill mine with abundance um and Happiness and joy, and also all of my books would be bestsellers. Oh, I love that. So, where can people find all your books? Um, so, they are available on Amazon, but I know that not everyone is a fan of Amazon. So, they're both available on well, Princesses Don't Have Stinky Bums and Girls Love to Fart are both available at Blackwell's bookshop. and um girls love to burp once that's all through will be available from there as well um once the book shows that there's interest in it then places like waterstones and wh smiths and um independent bookshops show an interest too but it has to get to the point where they're selling x amount on amazon and then People realise that that they're popular, so um, it's um, it's a bit tricky sometimes because people ask if they can get it directly from me, and I would absolutely love to be able to do that. But because the books are printed on demand and it's free postage, when yeah. it's it's more cost effective for me to have it done that way. But in yeah, the future. No, also our our flat's not big enough to store loads of books so i have to be a bit careful about it but yeah in the future i would love to be able to do that and distribute them in a different way yeah absolutely
0: and people can find you on instagram as
1: well is that right yeah instagram alice clover stories facebook at alice clover stories and my website is uh www.alicecloverstories.com um and um yeah that's that's fine i'll put all community.
0: the links in the bio anyway when i put this up but thank you very yeah. much for being my first guest on season two thank you for having me that's all right and hopefully i will be here with more listeners soon all right take care everyone for now bye bye